So if he, um, so if, if I was this guy and I misinterpreted that and I got, I, she, we're getting to bed and I pull out a rubber glove <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to make you sore tonight. She would be upset. Right. She'd be like, that's, you don't get it. You don't, that's you don't know what I want. Okay, that is, that is my speculation. Yeah. If you showed up with a balled up fist and said, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Your Mileage May Vary. We talk about sex and relationships with frankness that is controversial, but mostly in good faith. I'm Keith, my co-host is Mike, and I'm flying blind today since Mike did the show prep. Uh, do you, how should we start the conversation, Mike? Well, I think our listeners, I know actually that our listeners are curious about how your trip is going. You've gone to the Western part of Africa, yes. uh, former Soviet republics, uh, kind of in the, yep. not, not near Ukraine, not near the um, Wagner group. You haven't been shot up, I don't think. Nope. And then good. now you are in Cyprus, I believe, which is a, an island of yes. the eastern part of the Mediterranean, which is notably split between a Greek part and a Turkish part, I think. Nice. Correct me if that's wrong. That is no. correct. Yeah, there is some... Um, disputed border here and there's a de jure and de, de facto treatment that it's yeah wait which one's which one's which de facto is yeah there's a de facto split de facto but, is what's really going on yeah I, right the uh i mean i'm this just identifies me as like a white westerner i've heard like the the greek part is the good part <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure that's like totally like if you go to a certain demographics, like they'll say the exact opposite. And I totally know that. So, yes, that is correct. <laughs> but if you were to measure good by average GDP, you would you would that would be the correct analysis. The Greek part oh, okay. is, is is richer, has much more tourism. The infrastructure is better. OK. And then, yeah. you know, there's big cultural difference. The culture, the Turkish part is way more Muslim, for example. Um but I haven't been to the Turkish part yet. I think I'm going to. I haven't. I think it's safe to do so. You can cross the. There's like a almost like a demilitarized zone that you can cross fairly easily, and there hasn't been any conflict for, I think, decades. So I'm sure both sides actually want tourists, and so they're not going right. to cause issues, some incident. Well, yeah, and I think the arguments are decades old because this has been the de facto way for so long. There's not much. Anyway, this is, is a is, sex podcast, not a geopolitics yeah, podcast. Go on, Mike. go on. I was going to ask some questions, <laughs> but I'll, I'll hold them till till later. That's yeah. fine. Um, yeah, so I've been to uh, eight, eight, nine countries since we last spoke. I went to Senegal, Gambia, Guinea-Bissau, and Cabo Verde in West Africa. And then I went to Georgia, Armenia, Azerbaijan, and people debate whether that's Africa or Europe. They, they would like to be culturally Europe. But you mean the, Asia? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, that was Asia only uh, or eight or seven yes. or something. And then I went to Italy for a few days to see my mom and my sister. And then now I am in, where am I? I'm in Cyprus now. So I think that's mm -hmm. good. <laughs> seven plus two. Yeah. Nine. Which country has the most attractive women in your estimation? Of the ones you visited, because these are not common ones to visit. People might sort of be interested in. Yeah, I think Georgia or Armenia. I went on a really? date in oh, Armenia, Armenia, actually. Okay. Do they all look like the Kardashians or? Uh, almost comically so. So the, the two most famous, I guess, Armenians are, well, I guess the Kardashians are a group. And then there's another famous Armenian. Do you know who it is? 
Um, no. It's Cher. You know, the, oh, sure. The of course. Yeah. yeah. She's Armenian. That's right. right. I think there are others. That's the thing. But yeah. And if you walk around keeping it in mind, you, you see Cher and the Kardashians and basically every woman there. It's hmm. it's almost creepy. It's like when you find out who uh, a girl's father is and you maybe the father is a famous person, you can you can just see the dad in the in the girl. And it's yeah, it's a little bit I don't know if it's disconcerting, but it's it's weird. I am not particularly attracted to the Kardashians or Cher, but I did find Armenian women very attractive. Oh, that's good. And how did you uh, make your love connection there? Or uh, love connections connection? A little strong. Uh, right. How did you I find that, a woman to go on a date with? I've been using Bumble and Tinder. Okay. Hinge doesn't really, I don't even know if they operate in those countries. Well, they must because I don't know how the geofencing works. Um, but I haven't switched my hinge location. So yeah, Tinder and Bumble. And I think we met, we did meet on Bumble. Okay. And it's, it's go ahead. Yeah. And Bumble is a little bit useful here because Bumble forces people to say something first. It forces right. the woman to say something first. And that is even more important here than in the U S in the U S there's not that much difference in response rate. But if somebody matches with you on Tinder and you say something even my, mildly interesting, they usually respond. But on on Tinder here or there, they didn't. And so Bumble hmm. created like an extra filter there. Uh, but anyway, yeah, she was, she was 24, 25. She lives with her parents. She has a job. She's irritated with Armenian men because almost all of them are irritated with her for having a job. They feel threatened by it, or they think she should just be in the kitchen. Um, what is her job? Uh, she works for a food delivery app. It's not one of the American ones. Like she and drives the little moped? No, 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 no. No, she <laughs> works in their, I don't know what they call it, customer restaurant relations. She tries to bring okay. new restaurants on board. All right. So I guess it's sales or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, she'd only had like one serious relationship in her life, but that only lasted five months. I mean, she's young, so I guess that's not that strange. Um, what was her interest in you? I think other than the obvious. Yeah. I mean, I'm just great looking and charming. Um, she spoke English quite well, and okay. she spoke a number of languages. So, you know, one of the problems in Georgia and Armenia have is uh, their languages are kind of ridiculous. They're not close to, um, you know, the other European languages. Uh, right. and so she speaks Russian because Armenia was a Russian SSR until 91. And she speaks English and she speaks Armenian. Uh, but she okay. was eager. I think because of how well she spoke English, or, or I'm not sure which came first, the, the, the chicken or the egg here, but she was eager to talk to people. And so I think that was part of her motivation. There was definitely no motivation to hook up or anything. She seemed to really like me um, when I mentioned that I was going to Cyprus she 
expressed that she might have liked to have come, but <laughs> it takes like a month to get a visa for an Armenian person to go basically anywhere. Um, she had a story about uh, going to Europe and actually getting deported back to Armenia. And yeah, I think right people, countries are afraid of them being uh, economic migrants. Ultimately, that's right. That's right. Yeah, the, almost every country makes it extremely difficult for them to go anywhere because they don't want them to stay there. Right. Okay. And to get a visa, yeah, you have to do all this super irritating stuff. It is. It is actually quote unquote easy to get a Cyprus visa in that if you fill out the application, you'll get it. But you need to. Yeah, you need to show a proof of employment and you need to show them your bank account and various different pay stubs. And uh, you need to have where you're staying and a return flight and all this stuff <laughs> before you even get the visa. It makes and sense. So, yeah, it does. The United States imposes this on travelers from a lot of places too. We just never right. see it. That's right. Um, yeah. I guess the, the most interesting thing she said is... Uh, I asked her when she does date people where, how things go physically, because if she goes anywhere, her parents will notice. So she can't just like sleep over at someone else's place. And her parents expect her to maintain her chastity until marriage. Something like that. Her mom is a little bit more liberal, but her dad and brothers basically think she has never dated anyone. Okay. And she, I think I'm 80% sure she's had sex. She didn't say so explicitly, but she implied that it was, she implied the, the expectation from many Armenian men that she'd be a virgin is super frustrating. So be a virgin for marriage or a virgin just to date and have sex with them. I didn't ask that. That's a good question. I assume it's the former. Um, Yeah. And I mean, she's, she's in a lot of. She's putting her, there's some risk for her, particularly if she were to, you know, do something her parents didn't approve of, presumably. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Well, at the very least, she would lose a place to live. Um, right. And then she's 24, 25. And so she's starting to get to an age where many people would consider her like a spinster. <laughs> I mean, it's, there's all this pressure on her to get married and start having children immediately. She actually, wants that she she wants to be a house mom but she will it bothers her that people expect her to want that she wants to yeah she's looking for a slightly more liberal version i see that's interesting so that's the so, only person you've dated you went on a date yeah with. i've been okay in in africa i didn't spend much time on on the apps i was i was pretty busy and then whenever i would match with somebody there they would almost always be a prostitute. I actually found that in Armenia and Azerbaijan and Georgia as well. It's and what's lot. the indication there? They just immediately say how much or something it, or how well, much very, you need to pay. It very quickly shifts to that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And what, what, uh, do they, were there any dollar amounts discussed? Yeah, there were, uh, yeah. Okay. I'm trying to remember where this was. I think it was in Azerbaijan and I okay. actually got three people to tell me their prices. And one told me 300 dollars. No, 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 no. I think it's oh, okay. 
What's the currency? It's we leave it as an exercise here. for the listener to figure out what that actually is worth. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it's probably not three hundred dollars. No, it's it's monat, which is around uh, two to one. So two dollars oh, is okay. is one monat. So a, a three hundred dollar engagement would be one hundred fifty dollars. And then somebody oh. told me two hundred monat, and then somebody told me one hundred monat, and all of those were for presumably a few hours. Like I think three okay. hours. And so uh, 50 bucks for three hours sounds a little low. Well, I mean, it depends on where the cost of living where you are. No, I understand uh, why it's lower, but geez. It's, I'm a little grateful that a monot is not a penny because that would have been pretty <laughs> yeah, brutal. Been depressing. Right. Three dollars. There's probably places you, in the world you can go where it's sure, effectively sure. free. I, I think. Thailand has that reputation. I don't know if it's actually true. Yeah. I mean, it just depends on the average uh, wage in the area, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, one more thing on that Armenian girl. She said that her, I was like, how would you prefer things to go when you start dating somebody? Like, especially if you are interested in Western men, how do you... <laughs> Yeah, how would you like it to go? And do you think you will be able to execute that strategy? And her preferred method would be to go on a number of dates. Um, like I think she said 10. Mm-hmm. And then introduce the man to her family. And then at some point after that, have sex. And right. she recognized that most Western men probably wouldn't have patience for that, but she was hoping to find one that would. I She was quite attractive. So, and that is sort of the prevailing winds in that area. So she may be, she might be able to find that. So you just have to go back to Armenia. You've done one date. You have nine left. Right. Right. Meet the family, maybe convert to a different religion or to a religion, right. et cetera. Right. Yeah, I don't know what the ethics are like, let's say I move to, let's just say, let's yeah. Let's say I moved to Yerevan in Armenia. It's a really nice city, by the way. I mean, I was there in mid June, so the weather was perfect and everyone's outside all the time. And so I, yeah, I don't know what it's like in the winter, but um, yeah, like let's say I, I did find it quite easy to, to match with people. And if I could start dating there, I, I think I would have to apply a filter before I met people. I would be like, look. <laughs> it seems likely ex- that in a, in a more traditional society, you'd be running an actual physical risk. Uh, if, if, for example, her father, these people's fathers and bro- brothers. Oh, retribution. Think, yeah, yeah. Some kind of, uh, they've got some yeah. some threat behind them. Yeah. I mean, one one thing that's better in those countries is that age gap relationships are very common. Okay. People wouldn't. People wouldn't look twice if there was a, you know, man in his forties talking to a woman in her uh, mid to early twenties. Hmm. Um, but yeah, like I suspect. Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> I don't know if there's a if, if she was unusual, or I mean, I'm sure she's usual for some certain class of woman there, but there may also be a more westernized class of woman. I just didn't go on enough dates to establish that. Sure. Sure. It's, I mean, yeah, you'd need more data points to be sure. 
but yeah. it's not surprising that you would find somebody who's more traditional. Right. It makes sense. Yeah. I think I would have to apply some filter questions. Yeah. Um, should we move on? Yeah, let's move on. All right. I'm going to, I mean, you've, you've done the topic research here, so I'm just going to start from the first one you added and then we'll, we'll see where we go. You're sort of defending, you're, you're protecting yourself in case the topics are really strange or, <laughs> con or contain really bad grammar. I hear it. That's right. I'm absolving myself of responsibility here. This person right. says, my wife admitted to faking it for the last 14 years. <laughs> That's right. Uh, hey, all throw away as my wife knows my main account. My wife and I have been together for 14 years, married eight. We've had some issues over the past couple of years tied to having kids and other items that led me to seek a separation. We were separated, but still living together for about a month and a half. And during the time, we both became very honest with each other. I admitted I was completely unsatisfied with our sex life, especially in regards to her apparent lack of outward desire. She admitted that she was faking it most of the time. Oh, most mm. of the time. Most is better than all, but maybe most was her way of saying all. In some ways, most is worse, though, because it's like, it's like, all it's possible that she just has never had an orgasm. Most it's like, no, she has. <laughs> right. She knows what she's missing. <laughs> yeah. She's like much more culpability, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this, there's a number of weird things here. Like if they had issues over trying to have kids, but they were together for six years before getting married, why didn't they discuss? Maybe it was a physical issue. Anyway, I ended up having a near death experience and it sort of changed my perspective. I realized I really wanted to stay a family and I wanted to work on things to try and keep our home together. Since then, I thought they didn't have children. Well, whatever. Since then, my wife has been more proactive with sex to show she is working on things. I have no problems having sex with her in those instances because I want to have sex and come. Outside of those occurrences, I have zero desire to do anything physical with her, and I think that her faking it has a lot to do with it. I'm not sure if there's any working on this or not. I fear my brain is trying to keep things together, but my heart has its own opinion. Any advice would be great. Okay, so he's saying he's only interested when she initiates because he's worried that he's imposing on her otherwise. Yeah, I think this is sort of I think I think I've I've read other posts that that had this same kind of idea behind them. Basically a guy having yeah, having some experience where and I, I guess a woman could have it too, but I think it's typically a guy where like he concludes that uh he he loses trust that she's capable of enjoying it if she didn't initiate essentially. Yeah, I can imagine that too. I mean, yeah, I mean, once you get it in your head that your partner is having sex out of rote obligation, I don't know how you dig out of that hole. Um, yeah, it's you a difficult need... hole. Whose fault is it? Oh, the woman's, of course. No, I <laughs> I mean, I think why isn't I, it hers? I mean, let me let me just present a case yeah. here. I mean, if you've gone fourteen years and the sex has been bad, and your partner didn't know it was bad, like whose fault is that? That can't be. I mean, I guess in 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 some way it could be the man's fault, and that maybe he's slowly been mailing it in. He doesn't say if things used to be better or not, but if she's been faking the whole time and not communicating it, it's a little bit unfair to blame him for that, I think. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I think this goes along with the pathology that often arises where there's one partner that just is, has, has much more interest than the other. They care a lot more than the other. And so then what's the other partner supposed to do? The one who has the lower interest, 
Like, like, well, you know, I don't mind this, but, but any sort of like heightened enthusiasm will be kind of fake. Yeah. It's not, yeah. I think the lower libido partner needs to tell them, like they need to make it clear and then they need to go through some therapy or some attempt to make it better. And then if that doesn't work, then they basically need to decide whether they want to end the relationship or not. But make it better, do you mean modify their own libido or make it better no. in some way that's just external to them? And if so, what like what would be what would better look like? I think in the case of women, it may often be the case that they don't really know what gives them pleasure. So there's I think a number of women out there who very rarely masturbate. And sure. the the delivery of an orgasm is a little bit of a mystery to them, and so they could do some work to rectify that or to change that. Maybe what if they? Yeah, maybe after maybe after you know a month long commitment to masturbating every other day. Actually, I have no idea. It would be interesting to have a woman on to talk about how long it took them to figure out how how to reach orgasm reliably. It's tricky because I mean I try to like I try to approach a subject like this with Allie a couple weeks back. And she, um, the problem is she wants to have sex with her partner twice a day. Right. Any woman that's going to come on a sex podcast is going to be not oh. the right woman to ask this question to. Yeah. They might remember a time in their, in their teens where okay. things were a little bit more difficult, but yeah, yeah I did. Yeah. I mean, the, the female orgasm remains a mystery to many. Um, but it could, I mean, it doesn't just have to be about orgasms. It could be just that they, they just don't, it's not, they don't have such a drive for it. And so then ultimately there's no way to cloak it as anything other than them doing it for their partner. It could be the man too doing that. It doesn't have to be the woman. Yeah, I guess that's true. There could be various things at play though. Like, um, I can imagine a man, let's say the man is the lower libido partner. Uh, but if he enjoys masturbating, but not actual partnered sex, he could lay who off. Who would the ever masturb- be like that? <laughs> I can't. Have, who could? Who <laughs> could this be? Uh, <laughs> I could imagine because I have done this. I could imagine laying off the masturbation a little bit to increase uh, desire for partnered sex. Right, but I and and I think that for men, it, most of the time when a guy is lower libido, he is masturbating a lot. I think what's yes. unusual about women is that they just sort of turn their sex drive off. And so then it makes it much more difficult because it, it's, yeah, it's yeah. challenging. I mean, we have to and issue I, the, yeah. the not every man, not every woman caveats here, but I sure. would guess in general, that's true. Yeah. And so it's difficult to know men, exactly. Do you know if men who go on antidepressants or other libido suppressing drugs do they do they masturbate less too i mean my i have some personal experience although not so i i I've, it's all anecdata but i mean look i i've talked to somebody who had the experience of basically not being able to get an erection so then it's like what would be the point uh my own personal small amount of experience with this uh is like you can you can it can take a lot longer to orgasm so you're like and and it's pretty frustrating if you start and then you can't finish, which I think yes. is one of, I, it gives me some compassion for women because I think that's the thing <laughs> that could happen. So they're like, well, I don't yeah. want to start if I don't think I'm going to be able to finish. Right. And so, you know, that that's a kind of a downer. Hmm. Um, of course, for a woman, if you get a vibrator, you know, that usually works. So I don't know. 
Okay, but it's it's, I mean, con- it's it's like enduringly confusing to me why in a world of vibrators all women don't masturbate at least like once every other day because it's like why not? It's basically a free drug that you can take. Yeah, if there was a device that I could use that meaningfully improved my orgasm experience, you better believe I would have it. I would have a travel one. I would have sure. Well, but I mean, yeah. forgetting about orgasm, like if there was just a device that like gave me waves of intense pleasure for 30 set, whatever, for some number of seconds, yeah. uh, reliably with 10 minutes of effort, I think I would do that daily. I don't didn't understand just, a human wait, being that doesn't. Didn't you just describe an orgasm? Like well, but, orgasm but, saying, but the point is that it doesn't have to be like sexually related. Like I would do it oh, if okay. it was like, you know, a, a really good, like, you know, when you get a, not a sports massage, but a massage that's more for like pleasure, relaxation. Yeah. 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 If I had somebody that was willing to do that for me 10 minutes a day, I would say yes. Probably, you know, I wouldn't always use it because I'd be busy or something, but I, I don't really get saying no to that. So that's a confusion I have about the female condition that they're like- Is it shame? I assume it's just like the feeling that, I, that I've had in my life before where I just, my sex drive goes away and I just don't want to. And so they just have that much more often. But wouldn't they want the device for the times when they do have the sex drive yeah i hear you yeah yes i I would think so yeah i mean and also to your point i mean there's probably a connection between doing it regularly and having a sex drive so what percentage of you know coastal living western women have a sex toy a sex toy i don't know the answer to that yeah i know that the percentage any deviation is surprisingly low the percentage you masturbate is surprisingly low. It's like it's like under fifty. Yeah, R- yeah regularly. Hard to relate to. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't know what this man should do about his wife faking it for fourteen years. I mean, I don't have high hopes for digging out of that hole, either for Thank him, please. psychologically, probably- or for her physiologically. He's probably on already on the having fun hobbying subreddit along with their discord and their private sub. By the way, with this stupid You're a member of all those now, I'm not because you have to post a video of yourself and I could make a fake one having sex with a sex worker, blah, blah, blah. And I don't, you know, whatever. I'm not going to do that. Whoa. With this thing, with That's this thing, yes, with this thing wow. where you have uh, all these subreddits that shut down. And this has happened during your trip. Maybe you've haven't been a, as of course I'm aware. Yes. Okay. Affected, but I was gonna say affected. Um, cause you, you've been a busy beaver. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, and they've been shutting down cause this API, whatever, some business stuff is not very interesting. Uh, there's also been, I think it's, I think it's basically caused some moderators to figure out they can private their subreddits, which is sort of annoying. So there've been, a, there've been a few ones that I enjoyed going to, like there was one, there's of I course see. sex are sex workers, which is like questions for sex workers. There's also, there's also ask and escort, but there was one called <laughs> sex workers only. <laughs> that, that was you know if, if a guy posted in there, he'd just get banned immediately, and it was right. entertaining to read. And now that one's gone private, which is yeah. too bad because I I would enjoy, I enjoyed seeing what the uh, <laughs> the intimate gossip among the sex workers. It was all very gross and like meaning it's not doesn't turn you on. It's all like. Oh, guess what a John did to me? Yeah, or, you know, this guy stiffed me for money or whatever. Yeah. I mean, not everything has to be sexual to be interesting, though. I think that would be interesting True. to read about and understand the zeitgeist. Yeah. 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 I have thoughts on this Reddit thing, but we'll talk about it offline. Um, but that is frustrating that, I mean, 
it's not going to be long before Reddit cracks down on the porn, I think. Imdur we'll has not actually removed the porn by I and saw. large yet. Yeah, I so. saw. Um, I would not feel comfortable about storing content there that I care about, but for now, it, it remains. Any concerns in these more conservative countries, by the way, about like your daily regimen of porn surfing and beating off or whatever you need to do? I thought about this. Okay, let's say you're a hotel owner and uh-huh. people people use your Wi-Fi. If they're not on a VPN, you can easily snoop what websites they're you can what see websites what websites they're visiting. You, you can't see any more than that though, just what website they're going to. Uh because it's all encrypted. If it's if it's SSL, right? It is. They all it all is. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> okay. You can't see the path of the URL if it's SSL. No, you can't. Okay. All you you could see the the domain name lookup request. So you could see that the user yes. requested the information for pornhub.com or whatever. Right. But I mean, if you're going to Imgur, hey, that's this is one of the reasons that like if I'm on my work computer on the work network, I go ahead and surf porn. It just doesn't make any difference. There's no way for them to know I'm doing it. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, they, that's if exciting. they know and they're like going to crack down on me, they better hurry up because like it's, <laughs> they're they're moving pretty slow over there. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah you've been getting away with this for for decades. More than uh, yeah, I, it's, yeah. I was imagining a hotel owner having like a four monitor setup where he could see what all of his customers were surfing at any moment, but sounds like that dream I, is not possible. I used to work at a small company long ago, back before all this encryption business, where yeah. we had some software that was installed on people's computers that could see all the different web pages they went to and would send them to a central place for advertising purposes. This was before <laughs> all the privacy considerations that are now, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. That this would of course be intolerable now. And one of the cool things was you could get people's, not only the sites they went to, but their passwords for the sites often. So I got right. like a... Uh, uh, yeah, like uh, pro accounts or whatever on a bunch of porn sites, which was great. Right. Ah, those were the days. Yes. That's oh, too bad. All right. This person says, my wife states I should ask for oral. How can I ask hmm. tactfully? Oh, I like this. Okay. All right. Me, 38-year-old male, and the missus, 36-year-old female, have been married for 10 years and have always had a healthy sex life, and we really enjoy each other immensely. Sex is semi-regular, and I always make sure she gets her O by whichever means she desires. Hmm. That is a little (laughs) suspicious. She has always stated that should I ever want oral, whether it's that time of the month or not, I should not, I should just ask, but this is what bothers me. How the heck do you do this without seeming like a total douche? Right. Wait, why does it matter whether she's menstruating if he's receiving oral? Oh, because, uh, because... A, uh, her interest is likely lower, although that varies. Some women yeah. increased. Uh, yeah. And the B, there are certain activities that are off the table. And so this would be the main activity that's happening. And he might feel like you would probably that he, you're, he would be imposing on her. In fact, I have to assume that this uh, is a blocker for you because if you're not interested in oral from your female partner, do you get a hand job from her? Like what would even happen? Why can't you, you just avoid her altogether? Why can't you have sex when she's menstruating? Oh, you can, but I mean, people, it's messy people. It is. You know. I've, I've <laughs> experienced that mess many a time. 
Uh, oh, this okay, is so, this, so your your go to move there is to just go ahead and say, "Look, I I don't mind. Let's put down the rubber sheets." Yeah, slip and slide. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Huh. I don't think that's that common. A lot of women are uncomfortable with it. Yeah, I mean, for obvious but reasons. Then, okay, like, let's let's say they're uncomfortable with it. Then they're definitely going to be uncomfortable with me going down on them when they're menstruating. Yeah, which that's I mean, right. No, so they're this, basically this foreclosing is, on an orgasm for themselves, unless no, they could masturbate, or you could uh, figure them. I mean, but hang on. Yeah, but if again, if they're uncomfortable with having their vagina interacted with, then they're probably uncomfortable with having so, their vagina on. interacted with. On a scale of one to ten, where one is just a normal sex encounter, and ten is like a children, kind of a really bad children's haunted house with blood just everywhere. Right. That's one. That's <laughs> yeah. 10. Uh, how, how, where, where's the furthest you've gotten up on that scale in one of these, uh, red scare encounters you've had with a woman? How, how frightening has it become blood wise? Uh, pretty frightening. Okay. I, so I you've had an encounter where like, but it makes a like, mess. Okay. You've had an encounter where like, let's say that somebody pulled the fire alarm or something and you had to quickly get dressed and run of your apartment. And I just happened to happen by and looked in your apartment. I would think somebody was murdered. <laughs> I don't I think might. it's that much blood. Okay. I think it's also, yeah, I don't know how much blood a woman loses over the course of like her peak six hour amount of bleeding during her menstrual cycle, but it's not that much. Okay. It's, and it's you, a lot. And because it's such a dense substance, it you know can seem like more than it actually is. Yeah. Like if you drop you have a few a, drops of blood in water, it makes the whole right. you know, well, we're, container it's red. designed to some extent. The, the part of the point of the, the way our eyes work and stuff is to be alerted to this particular color. But yeah. do you have a special like, do you have like a rubber sheet? I don't have a rubber sheet, but I would throw a towel down. Okay. Okay. Like a dark colored towel, a white towel. I don't have, I think my towels are like light brown or gray or so. I think they're light brown. Yeah. They're light brown. Do you fetishize it? Do you feel like, does it make you feel stronger? Cause it's like you're stabbing her or something. I could sort of get that. <laughs> no, oh. I just, I think you I don't, don't care. mind. Yeah. I don't mind the blood that much. Okay. And it's sort of, a little bit arousing because they don't either. No, you just said that some, a lot of them don't like it. I guess the ones yeah. that say yes to this don't mind. Yeah. The ones that say they don't like it. I don't then rape them. I, then we don't have sex. Okay. 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 So, okay. Uh, so but, this, but is... I understand what you're saying. Sorry. That the whole reason we got down this little segue yeah. is when many women are menstruating, the thing that becomes more on the table is her giving him a blowjob. That's why he mentioned it. That's right. And so, right. So, which is what I assumed. Yeah. That's why I brought that up. So yeah, he, right. uh, let me continue. It, let me finish the yeah. thread here. Yeah. Uh, sure. So he says, I've been told by her, if you don't ask, you don't get. And my God, right. I do want to ask. I'd love to take her up on the offer, but my mind just buckles under the pressure. Anxiety sets in and I don't want to change her opinion of me. In short, sure, that makes sense. She tells me to ask, but I just can't do it without telling myself. That sounds totally selfish. Please help. Selfish. Uh, okay. Yes, I mean, I, I I hear him. I don't understand why other people don't also have issues with these 
uh, one direction sexual experiences. But but your issue is the selfishness selfishness issue. Yeah, I'm not sure I would use the word selfish because over 120 episodes of this podcast, I've come to understand that selfish might not be the right framing, but it is one directional. Well, okay. Let me say the thing that it w- would cause for me, because I'm not sure I've, I know it's not about, it's, it's sort of about intimacy, but a little bit different. Um, everything here is, but it's for me, it's that I don't like the um, kind of supplicating. I don't like the power inversion. I don't want to have to go be like, Hey, I need this thing. <laughs> it's embarrassing. It embar- I feel embarrassed. It's like, I don't want to, I want uh, it to be bi-directional and I want, uh, yeah, like I don't, I don't, I don't want to feel needy. Like it feels very anti-masculine to me to be like, oh, hey, I need this help with this thing. Like, yeah, no, I can't reach I, the light bulb. That I totally understand. Even if I yeah, were okay. completely comfortable with receiving blowjobs, I think I would not like having to ask for it. And I, right. I actually sort of disagree with her expression. What did he say? If you don't ask, you don't get. I mean, that means that the man needs to initiate every time, I guess. And that seems that seems fraught for a number of reasons. The first is Well, maybe she asks sometimes. Like yeah, maybe. Maybe. I doubt it. But maybe. I mean, I I still think the best salute, best suggestion here is that one where the woman like does something to indicate she's willing or interested then yeah. or something. So there's some subtle signal where he doesn't have to ask exactly; he can just initiate, uh, and that makes him feel more powerful and more in control. It's like by uh, as a woman by making him adopt a more submissive posture like that, it's kind of a turnoff for him. And right, you're you're, you're it's actually is a barrier. Because it doesn't it doesn't set the mood right. Yeah, that's exactly right. I don't. I, yeah, I think the woman in this particular case should. Yeah, she should recognize that it's nice for the man to feel like she has some desire for him, and she's basically creating a circumstance here where <laughs> it's very clear she doesn't. He's just doing him some sort of like favor to give him physical release. I mean, on the other hand, the woman gets some pleasure out of having him ask for something being needed in that way. I just think that him, I guess, although I think she sort of knows that class, right. Initiating a more classic way, I think should accomplish that objective. I don't like, yeah, I mean, he, he, he wouldn't initiate some other person he's initiating with you and et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Um, this person says, men can't keep erections with me. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm 27 female and have started to notice for the past few years a trend among guys that I sleep with, both casual and committed partners. They almost always go soft during sex. First time it <laughs> happened, I didn't think of it that much. But after repeated occurrences, I'm starting to think it's something wrong with me. Common denominator after all. I'm not really pretty at all. I'm more than a bit over... Wait, so, Mike, why am I going to continue reading here? Like, did we just... <laughs> There's... I might have read that one too fast. Okay, you got me. You got me. I might have read that one too fast. Go ahead and finish it. And we let's can go on just for the. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We could speculate about other things that it could be. But, but, <laughs> yeah. There's some guys that will be willing to sleep with me, but most don't want an actual relationship. Oh God, this is yeah. okay. I know there's a threshold for how attractive someone has to be to sleep with, 
and a completely different and higher threshold for dating. I usually fall into the sometimes okay to sleep with but never date category Oof. for most men based on my past experiences. This is this is almost hard to read. I haven't yeah. had a relationship for over three years now, and my last boyfriend wasn't super into me. I ended up being a placeholder, and he got married soon after we broke up. Yeah. I've noticed with me that guys will be able to maintain an erection for some foreplay, but during actual sex, they will go soft and be unable to finish. They always swear up and down. It has nothing to do with me. That's nice anyway. But the fact that this happens so often makes me believe otherwise. Keen observation. I usually get ghosted after that, so kind of solidifies it. (laughs) That could be that the man's embarrassed. It's probably not, but it could be. I mostly given up on having a relationship ever again, but I've started feeling similar about sex in general. Every time I have sex now, I'm reminded of how things were different when I was younger and thinner. Oh, geez. Okay. I don't really want to do an activity that now serves to reinforce how unattractive I am. I've become the last resort. Does anyone have any advice or experience with anything like this? Let me see the first comment. I just want to say something. So she did say that she was more than a little overweight. That was the comment that she sort of paused on, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, more than I've never a thought of overweight. Yeah. I've never thought about this in detail before really at all, yeah. but it makes me wonder whether, because there is some kind of an epidemic, maybe epidemic is too strong of a word, but there's a increase, significant increase in teenage suicide, particularly among young women. And it makes me wonder if this is part of that, uh, because there's also an epidemic of a true epidemic of obesity and, you know, people yeah. ultimately do index on, uh, fecundity, fertility, attractiveness, all these sorts of things. Like they're not just, it's not just, uh, people being surface skin deep. It's, these are indicators of health and mental and physical health go together, et cetera. And so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure depression correlates with weight and it could go, you don't know which direction it goes. I mean, it could be the weight causing the, the depression. Um, yeah, I mean, this is, it's a, it's a thing to right. tackle head on. I think my advice would be yeah, you, you, you know the problem here and you need to acknowledge it and it's fixable. That's the cool thing. You don't have pancreatic cancer. You're overweight. You can, yeah. you can do it. Although once you've been substantially overweight, it's harder to get True. your weight under control ever again. Although, Mike, these these weight loss drugs like Ozempic really work. So, How do you know um, that, Keith? Uh, I have a... I know someone who uses it and it has been extremely effective. But anyway, I mean, it, it's talked about a ton. You've, you've read about it, right? I know about it. Yeah. I, my concern about Ozembic, uh, any of these sorts of things is some sort of uh, uh, mental. A lot of these things have some kind of mind altering properties, like making you not quite as smart. Like, well, anyway, there's a, there's some history there, yeah. some various data points. And so I, I think if you can solve this without a drug, you should. If you cannot, well, yeah, you should consider it. Uh, yeah, talk I'm, not to your sure. <laughs> I'm not sure what's worse, being overweight or being overweight and having your mind, yeah, full faculties or being less overweight and having some sort of hamstring Yeah, but I want it all, see. I want it all. So well, I'm willing like to accept some pain. We are both in shape. I want to keep it. I want to keep it all. Yeah. Well, keep not eating that much and exercising. That's yes. the... Uh, that's the tip. I don't know right. if people Just know the about tip. that that fad diet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, okay, there are other things that could be. She could be dating people who are older than they were when she was uh, when she was younger. But it's I, not. It's I the think, weight. I know. 
we're not doing listeners any services by pretending it's not that it's that uh, yeah. people people index uh, men and in, look everybody indexes really hard on this even though society's changing standards are changing they still do and if you have a low ish bmi you're going to do much better and it's true for men and women yep all right let's move on my boyfriend misses being with men and i need some advice Presumably this person is a woman. Hi, looking for some advice from people who have gone through this experience before. My boyfriend, 26, is bi and confessed to me he misses being with men. I'm not sure whether I should let him scratch his (laughs) itch solo or suggest that I be included MMF threesome. I'm just nervous to suggest the wrong thing that will affect (laughs) our relationship as I've heard of so many threesome horror stories on here. Oh, maybe she's a listener to our podcast. That's possible. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Well... (laughs) Um, dear, dear writer. Yeah, I don't. He's gay. He misses, he misses other guys. I mean, let's just remove the bisexual component here for a moment. And let's say Mm -hmm. I've been dating someone for a while and I tell her I miss sleeping with other chicks. Like (laughs) what? I mean, it's the same answer. It's like too bad. Or, you know, we're going to have a serious relationship about what having a, open ethically non-monogamous relationship looks like but there's no there's no aspect here if if he's only missing sleeping with other men then yeah that's that's a problem now i think some very sex positive person might come along here and say like well there's things that a man can do to him that a woman can't and maybe it's that that he's missing but i doubt it i I suspect he's just gay and that's why he misses men and not women there probably are physical aspects of it that he misses as well, uh, but yeah, that's that's the thing that makes you gay, right? It's it's true, it's true. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, what this do you? Is, uh, what should she do, Mike? I don't know. I'm I'm afraid. I'm I'm afraid another one of your friends is going to call me a misogynist, um, <laughs> or misogynistic. Yeah, uh, ChatGPT did not agree. By the way, ChatGPT went through the entire transcript and said I was not misogynistic. So there, I, put I that read that pipe and smoke. I read, I read that output from ChatGPT, and that was as much of a clean dismissal of her. It was awesome uh, of her claim that I could. It was so good. It was suspicious, Mike. Like it, it was. I no, I didn't write it. That's I didn't. Amazing. I was. I was. I was actually being lazy that that week, and I thought yeah. I'm just gonna. I was, and I was irritated. I was genuinely irritated because I don't look these people. We're far enough into the podcast that probably someone you're dating won't listen this far. Um, these 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 women, they're just if they just listened to like 50 episodes, they'd see that you and I agree on a lot of things. So if anything right. they say about me, they're just dissing you too. So That's what, right. It doesn't make any sense. I think the <laughs> misogynist accusation comes. I think if somebody listened to us talk for like 10 minutes, they would. I don't know if justifiably is the right answer, but they, they might reasonably come to the conclusion that we are uh, on the unwoke side of various woke spectrums. But I don't think we actually are. I think the candidness that we use is so unusual that it's being mis- mistook for. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm interested in somebody, you know, if there are people that have things that they believe objectively that Mm -hmm. Keith or I say that are false, that are provably false, that are like clearly wrong. We're in the wrong. Very interested in that. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think objectively uh, male bisexuality is suspicious. (laughs) 
<laughs> like it's not it's it's suspicious i think that most i think most of the time it's just a gay guy i can imagine enjoying sleeping with partners of either sex i just think that for it to be exactly 50 50 is is unlikely i can't really imagine it because i can introspect and see how my brain is wired one way and i believe that gay men's brains are wired the other way and oh and ian i read some data like i think last week uh, i read some data on the podcast about how uh, when looking at trans porn or whatever with with porn like gay men and straight men their appreciation of men and male and female bodies is exactly opposite uh, when you do surveys and also you yeah. do um, uh, when you look at where their eyes go and so forth uh, the gay men are not attracted to females uh, it's not that the, it's not some other thing they're just they just don't find females attractive and so it's really hard for me to uh, get my arms around yeah. Okay. Uh, some guy who's attracted to both. All right. So we both strongly agree that homosexuality is a thing. Oh, for uh, sure. Why does homo mean liking the same sex? What does homo mean? What does the root homo mean? Isn't it one? So, but not, not same. You're probably right. It's probably same. You got me on that one. I have to think about it. I just don't understand why homosexual means gay, but okay. In any case, yeah, but it, it requires it. It requires some sort of leap to understand bisexuality because bisexuality is completely different than either the hetero or homosexual experience. It's odd. It's odd. And, and actually the data I read last week suggested that bisexual people sort of found the women a little less attractive and the men a little less attractive, which didn't seem right to me. I thought it would be like maxed out on both. Like, so that's kind of sad, actually. It's like, oh, I'm about half attracted to women and half attracted to men. So it's like, you're attracted to no one. I mean, that's, yeah. well, I, I hope that's not what's going on for somebody because it's fun being attracted to one of the genders. Yes. Um, and I wouldn't want to miss out on that. Can confirm. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Um, all right. Well, so her boyfriend is gay. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, partner wants to feel sore afterwards. I enjoy a healthy sex life with my partner. I often ask her if she's interested in trying anything new. And most often she says, no, I like our sex the way it is. Recently though, she said how much she enjoyed her vagina being sore afterwards. This was a big shock for me. I always made sure to not go at her too hard to avoid poking her cervix to make sure she wasn't having to walk funny the next day. But I guess there's a level of slight discomfort where it's nice to be reminded about the night before. Imagine it's like getting a good workout in. I absolutely don't want to make her raw. We choose to use condoms for additional birth control and less cleanup. So sometimes friction issues can't sneak up if we're not diligent about the lube. I know being raw anywhere can really suck, but between the legs is especially bad. Sorry, does using condoms, does, do, do condoms absorb lubrication in any way? I would think that condoms, if anything, would mean you need less lubrication. For starters, most condoms are actually lubricated. And for another, skin does absorb some lubrication, and I don't think latex does. Uh, that's a good question. I, I, my general impression is that condoms do actually cause more dryness, though. I mean, isn't that your general impression? I'm not sure why, like why that happens. Probably because the sex isn't as good. Well, no, I have an idea. I, have, I think I have a better suggestion, which is that any okay. sort of natural lubrication the penis is producing is trapped inside the condom. So what like your contribution. Penis? Oh, like a little bit of pre-cum, you mean? That's I think that con- when you're penis sweating lube. No, no, not that. <laughs> but I've 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 been told 
that during partnered play, my so during masturbation, my penis produces very, very little substances yeah. until the uh-huh. end. Then it produces yeah. a lot <laughs> or right. a, a, a moderate amount, actually a moderate amount. But the um, I've been told that during partnered play, it produces a lot more, which would suggest that in the in, during the acts, that would suggest that actually it is potentially a meaningful contributor. Huh. Okay. Maybe. That's one idea. Also, yeah. you might actually be trapping some sweat. Maybe it's that the the material of latex causes chafing more than skin does. It could be. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. All right. Anyway, this guy says my penis is normal, so I wait. Wait, you skipped it- over the fact that this. Oh, you're you're continuing. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My penis is normal, so I can't give it to her on size alone. Can't give. Can't give what? To give her. give soreness. Oh, okay. I have decent endurance if I take it easy, but if I have to go hard and fast, I'm afraid I won't last long enough. I'm in decent shape, though. I can lift her a little, and I don't run out of breath. Does anyone have any advice on how to give her the good soreness that she wants? Okay. Soreness. Where fisting. <laughs> yeah. Where are the places that women can get sore? Uh, does there... Yes. Does there? Okay. So you can get sore from like around your, you can get some bruising around the vaginal opening, right? Because the the guy is like smashing too hard. You can get some, you can get some chafing. And some sort of stretching kind of, uh, yeah. I mean, like, uh, if you, if you've taken like a really big poop, you might have experienced in your life, like some (laughs) after effects where you're sort of like, oh yeah, that was. I feel that doozy. Although it doesn't last all day. I would point that out. I've never had that. It could last a few minutes. I think when I've gone a long time between having sex and it's, it's been a while for me. uh, The first time you have sex, you get like some abdominal and some like groin and you know, maybe some glute sort muscle soreness because you haven't used those muscles lately. Huh? That's not something I paid attention to. I'm not, I, okay. You must be more vigorous than I am. No, I think I have have longer more, dry spells. More, yeah, I have much longer peaks and valleys. Yeah, it could be on it account be. of not being married. Sure. Um, and then, yeah, I guess you can get cervical soreness. Although that I've had that, that like, described to me as like cramping before. So yeah, yeah, like period cramps. So not really sore. I, to me, soreness here is going to be stretching, probably, you know, chafing, a uh, little bit of bruising, that kind of stuff. What do you speculate it, it is she's looking for? Is it one of those or all of them? Uh, I mean, I, I think it's some sort of desire. Like, I think he's right that she wants to have some sort of memory of the act afterwards. I so don't. it's probably going to be the str- Oh, you don't. What do you think it is? No, I think again, I think whenever we, we, we get questions that are adjacent to this all the time, which is like, I just want my boyfriend to fuck me more. And what they really want is for him to like initiate and be more alpha and be more like obviously into it and exert more dominance. And, and into her. Just, yeah. Yeah. That's just what she's saying here. Like she's communicating it in a sort of weird way. Um, and you can just tell from the way this guy writes that he's sort of insecure. 
So if he, um, so if, if I was this guy and I misinterpreted that and I got, I, I should, we're getting to bed and I pull out a rubber glove <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to make you sore tonight. She would be upset. Right. She'd be like, that's, you don't get it. You don't, that's you don't know what I want. Okay, that is, that is my speculation. Yeah. If you showed up with a balled up fist and said, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> that's my that guess. was my first thought. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but let's say it was that she actually wanted some sort of physical soreness. Yeah. I mean, I guess go in dry and uh, do do the like very vigorous humping to cause the bruising, and so maybe wear a cock sleeve if you want to give her the stretching thing. Yeah, you could. But I think you're right. I I I think you're probably right on this. Is what is your what is your algorithm here that you use? Is it that you look for? Is it that you assume that when a woman says something curious like this, there's an ulterior motive and she's just trying to be polite? Is that how you process yeah. these types of, yeah. That is exactly. Whenever like a woman has some sort of like unusual request about how she wants things to be different in bed, it's that she's probably not satisfied. Does that go beyond in bed? I mean, is that, have you found that, that structure oh, of uh, interpreting female um, statements works more broadly? <laughs> probably. It might. Yeah. yeah. Like what you really are saying is this. Yeah. I mean, mm. men famously don't communicate. And I think women can sometimes speak in code, although women claim they don't. And it's the men misinterpreting, but yeah. And that's how they get the rubber fist and the guy, mm. the, the bi guy <laughs> who misses his boyfriend and everything. Right. Right. And yeah, the rubber fist guy says, you know, I was just trying to make her happy. Right. Yeah. yeah. Do you think we have time for one more topic? Yeah. All right. Yes. Let me see. Let's well, see here. Hang on. Hang on. Let me see if there's one particularly good one here. Okay. Pressure on the lower. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a feeling weird after pegging boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> I wants to feel sore. Oh, you did that. Um, the pressure on the lower part. Well, Let's do it. feel a lot different. Okay, go for it. Since we've teased it already. All right. Applying pressure on the lower part of the tummy. I realize after all these years that the pressure on my lower belly part during clit stimulation is what will get me off. And it's fucking amazing. The other day I told this guy about it while foreplay and he tried it and it worked. I don't know why. We also tried to apply pressure on other area of my belly below and around my belly button. And it felt so good. Like this grammar. Why no one ever talked about this? (laughs) I discovered by coincidence because I realized that the only way for me to come while masturbating is when I do it laying on my stomach. And when I do Uh it on my back, it only works when I have a full bladder, LOL. I know someone somewhere talked or wrote about this and it perhaps on me for not getting the proper sex education or any education. I'm really so (laughs) relieved that I know now how it works for me and what gets me off. And I hope this might help some of you. I, I, I'm sorry about the grammar. Sorry, I'm so distracted by the grammar. I, can you can you paraphrase what she wrote? Yeah, she what she said actually was sort of interesting. She's one of these women who masturbates by lying on her stomach and kind of thrusting her pelvis against maybe a pillow or the mattress okay. or something like that. That's like a common thing, and often those women who have who do that um, have difficulty getting off with men. And she's saying that her experience is that this is made possible with a man, or maybe lying on her back if she pushes down, sort of on above kind of below her belly button between her belly button and her clit with her hand which kind of while she's masturbating which kind of compresses down against the g-spot externally or something like that which is believable to me i mean maybe that works 
I have a thought here, and I may be revealing some bad anatomy, but it's been a few weeks, so I think I've earned a little leeway here. Uh, yeah. Could it be that her clit is more like, it's like less exposed or, or the part that she enjoys having pressure on or, or being stroked is further up than the average gals? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I, I think the, the issue there is that you, yeah, I mean, you have to talk about like the fact that the clit is actually much larger than what's visible, uh, to the naked eye. There's a lot of it that's under the skin. And so to the extent that you're talking about stroking that part of it, yeah. I mean, like there could be, that's what, that's essentially what the G spot is. It's just on the inside. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, there might be some way she can yeah, kind of reach it. The G spot is on the bone. The G spot is on like the under. It's like on the other side. I'm wondering if her click could be like recessed somehow. I don't. I don't think that's what's going on here. And and, and actually, the thing that I, the thing that I, this makes more sense to me if she's sort of using that pressure also with something inside her vagina. So they're sort of trapping it between those two things. Yeah, she's yeah, she's smushing it. Yeah. That makes Although sense. maybe she's like really thin and she's like pushing down hard enough that it gets all the way down to like her tailbone. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> it's unlikely. Although you wouldn't need to be that that thin. I mean, even if you have fat or muscle, like if you push hard enough, you might be able to compress that. Although, yeah, I guess being thin yeah. would help. Yeah. I mean, but that's that's certainly what's ha- happening with the G spot and it's interesting and then I mean, yeah, women who masturbate that way could try this i my experience i mean have you tried this move on a woman before uh pushing on her lower belly abdomen up, yes upper groin uh no i don't think i have i mean yeah when you grind against yeah no not explicitly no yeah i mean i found it to be sort of variable like uh some people like it some people don't so is the bladder nearby the clit uh Sort of. I mean, it's the, and, not really. And, it, and when it's full, does that compress tissues in a way that might make clitoral yeah, stimulation? Yeah, it would take up space. It would take up space. So yeah, right. That sort of makes sense too. It would take up space. So that way, again, you have something that can kind of like operate like an item in your vagina, sort of like okay. giving you something stiff to okay. work against there. Stay with me here. Is the bladder closer or further from the clit than the colon? I mean that almost. <laughs> the problem is there are three dimensions here. The three yeah. dimensions. Here. But what, what, where are you going? Where are you going with that? I mean, maybe they should have a enormous meal twelve hours before. Hmm. Yes. To to uh, fill their home. Yes, and then she can get like a female blumpkin. <laughs> but at least the orgasm would be improved. You don't. I mean, the, well, I guess as long as you kept the it in your rectum. Are you suggesting she actually used the restroom while masturbating or, or having sex no, or she I'm just trying to I'm just trying to create mass. You can uh, introduce not, not the mass, mass in the other direction. Volume inside yeah, you your, could, uh, you, your your body cavity. I mean, in general, I think when women say they like anal, say they like having a butt plug, do all these various things where they fill themselves up, I think that's actually what's going on. Right. Like that's what, that's actually what's going on is you're basically filling up, you're taking up space so that there are more things to rub the interior part huh. of the clit against. <laughs> like that's why it's pleasurable. Seems awfully complicated, but maybe you're right. It must be right. Yeah. I there mean, has just, to be, there has to be something that makes them want to be filled. Otherwise, 
they would be less attracted to penises. Well, I mean, there's also a, I think there's also an analogy to, you know, you, you have told me that you get some psychological stimulation out of the act that could lead, would lead to pregnancy, right? Like sort of. Yeah. Put planting your seed, and there's some there's a strong level of psychological like psychological satisfaction the other direction. I tried to get Allie to admit to having that, even as a woman who does not want kids, she did not see the connection. But I think it's subconsciously there. Like having a man doing this to you is exciting as a woman. You're yeah being Allie's total lack of desire for children might be informing that a bit, but informing which why she doesn't really like she was saying she doesn't fantasize about having seed sure planted and yeah so. i mean you don't well in in the cases where you have got, had your sexual arousal enhanced by the fact that you're planting your seed in someone you have not wanted to impregnate them like it's not that right. it's just that you're able to see that your brain is like tricking you or right. giving you an extra plus one because you're doing Fair this point. thing that would do that. And that's, you know, yeah. just like you get a plus one if the woman looks like someone who is fertile. Interestingly, right. you don't get a minus one when she's on her period, which would be very infertile. Yeah, there's w various weird things. I think I, I mentioned to you a while back that I occasionally like pregnancy porn. And that seems like the absolute, like you, you what? The woman is definitely not impregnable. Impregnable when yes. she's the the baby in there might be more impregnatable than the woman. Indeed, They're, the, neither one is. But that's yeah, correct. no, I, that's I'm not. Uh, I think the reason why that's compelling is just because it's the female form in a certain fashion that is enticing. Yeah. All right, I think we can wrap up here. That does remind me, I. I has there ever been a case in human history where a woman has been pregnant with twins that were months apart in terms of when the embryo was created? I believe the answer to that is yes. Okay. So yeah. you can get pregnant while pregnant, mathematically. I think it's, I think it's unusual. And I don't think they could be like <laughs> seven months apart. I think they would be like a much shorter. I mean, fraternal twins on some level are that. Um, I guess. But yeah, but the question would be, can they be like a month apart or two? And I think the answer may be yes, but but it's Actually, not going to be eight. Fraternal twins are exactly that. But yeah, can you get yeah. pregnant again when you're already a month pregnant? That's the question. I think the answer is yes, but it's but it, yeah, I mean, you, right. at some point it's going to become difficult. We'll have to do some research and bring it to the next episode. But yeah. for now, that's a wrap on this episode of Your Mileage May Vary. I didn't mention this at the start, but you can email us at ymmvpod at gmail.com and if you send us feedback there we will paypal you or venmo or whatever uh you ten dollars for your insights just give us your uh, account name you can also ask us questions there we will not use your name unless you tell us you would like us to and we thank you for your time and we look forward to catching you next time on your mileage may Je fais et je viens Entre tes reins Je vais et je viens Je me retiens Non